0: Air
1: on.
2: Power on. From the studios of Hot Talk 99.5 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you're in the pits. Powered by Racing Junk. Presented by the Little River Chamber of Commerce. Find your treasure in Little River. By Shops on Main, the best place to shop in North Myrtle Beach. By Advanced Auto Parts, where your parts are waiting for you. By The Racing Brotherhood, helping racers in their time of need. Now, here's the Pit Crew.
1: Hey, welcome, race fans, and of course, you Hot Rodders. It is Saturday, the week after the biggest racing day racing in Christmas. the world. Racing Christmas, as Michael calls it. Appropriately, I get it. Rick Roberts, running on the board. Big Al Liebman in the studio. I'm back. Not in Charlotte. Mr. Milbridge himself over here. We'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. You know, the Kyle Larson track, uh, basically, which isn't Kyle Larson's track. I don't know. Me, Larry O. Interesting show lined up today. We're going to do our usual typical times with Shirley and, of course, what's well, hot on the lot. Barbara's back. She was ill. But again, those guys raced over the weekend as well, from what I understand, up there at the old Dillon Speedway there, Michael.
3: Yes, they did. Saw them under the old tent, waiting for hot laps. I did not see what did kind you, of results. I, had.
1: I, had, I have not but seen you, the results. Give, we're going have, I haven't seen here, any I'll results either. The old we're we're going to have to talk to her about having us do PR for them.
3: If you okay. are a racing fan, racing monitoring is, is an invaluable resource. It, 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 yeah, four ninety nine for a year, you basically get s- timing and scoring updates from anything.
4: Is that $499 a year? No, $4 four, and $4. You, you $4.99. Miss, here, Sign me up.
1: Here's the thing. We're going to talk about missed play zeros today. <laughs> <laughs> and, how, and how there is not. Michael, Michael, you're
3: being summoned to the I'm office. I'm being summoned by, <laughs> <you> by <laughs> but, Rick. But anyway. That I'm. Advertising stuff that's not supposed well. To be advertised the the here. no. The thing is, that no, he, no, no. He no, don't no. care about that.
5: No, no, no. It's called producing. I want to make sure you sound good. Like, don't turn your head to look at Larry. You don't need to look at him when you're talking.
1: Ex- exactly. We have to sit there <laughs> yes, and, yeah. and get one of those things that they the use. horses have. No. Well, that 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 might work. Uh, this, this
4: cone of the cone of shame. Cone dogs of silence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that thing they. Um, It'll come to me. Silence of the Lambs, that thing he put over his face. a muzzle. Put the the microphone right there. Hey, Mike, don't feel bad. Al's got to go down a little bit. I get
4: to look at both you guys for two hours. And you get
1: Rick's back. (laughs) Hey, Rick.
4: You have such
3: a sexy back. Thank you. He brought sexy back
1: this you know, week. I guess I'm going to have to come in here wearing t shirts now. I feel way out of place.
5: Well, it all depends on what do you mean. Like, are you going to wear a wife beater with, uh, you know, Speedos? No,
4: no, 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 no. We, we, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Excuse me. Hold on. Look at Mike's face. Look at Mike's face. Something got poked idea. in my eye.
1: Look at
5: Mike's face. Mike is like, uh, oh, my I think, God. God. I think
1: that I gotta, was directed at gotta, the gotta, Jersey boys here. I got to rinse my mouth out. They're called, they're, they're not called wife beaters where we, we come from, they are in the South. Okay. You're the, in the south, And my by friend. the
4: way, the, the comments of this radio station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way:
1: the opinions by the by the broadcaster and the producer are not necessarily that of In the Pits Racing Radio. Okay. You know. You know what? I had an interesting day. One of my clients, my my fabled clients, called in this morning. First thing, and you know what? He had a cracked windshield cracked windshield i said hold on one second eric and i called up justin who was head deep into the dash of a car they put me over to the office and bam we got an x5 bmw getting a new windshield courtesy of showtime glass this thursday speaking of which shirley lynch joins us on the hot rod hotline shirley
6: yes you know what there's double talk i can hear some kind of ad and you, I can't hardly hear you. Can you have Rick call me right back?
1: Oh, wait, uh, Rick Hang apparently has... Oh, now, he's fixing something. Yeah. He apparently... Yeah. Now Now we have you in the singular version, Shirley. How about oh, us? Oh,
6: yes. That's good. I was saying, oh, my goodness. I hope it clears up before Larry picks up. Jeez. Shirley, anyway. get some.
4: Shirley, get some more dimes for the payphone. You'll be better.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
4: You know what? Oh, you no. know, you, I, I hate to say this, guys. This will set the theme for the show.
1: You know what I've been binge watching over the three day weekend?
6: What? the like channel? channel?
4: Miami Vice. <laughs> oh
6: my god! I love
4: Miami Vice. So did I when I was twelve years old. Well, okay, I was eighteen. Oh, maybe, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe fifteen. I mean, it had
1: everything going for it: hot boat, hot car, hot chicks, Don Johnson, the studly guy that he was, and tubs.
3: Fake you know? hot car, fake hot boat.
1: Well, it was a fake hot car. <laughs> it, was, it was. Do you know that was a '72 Corvette, Shirley? That was not a Ferrari GTB yep. Daytona. Really? Yeah. No,
6: no, I did because I, I really never watched that show. I
4: know yeah. all women will tell you that we and never a, watched that not, show. And a lot of neon colors. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a that was that what was you in. did. That was in. You took pastels. You, you took yeah, a, a 70, 68 now, Hold on. Now they're wearing them as vests on the highway so you don't get hit. Exactly. <laughs> All right, first the disco, then the highway. I get it. Um,
1: Sugar Hill Gang, Rick, here, here's the thing.
5: We can make that work.
1: <laughs> here, here's the thing. You could have taken a 68 to like 75 Corvette, taken the body off of it, and go to this company called McBurney, and he would have sold you a kit car, including the interior, that you could have converted your vet into a Ferrari 365 GTB Daytona. Now, the real Daytona today is worth about $20 million. The McBurney kit car went away probably right after Miami Vice. But anyway, I digress. Shirley? Yeah. Are you at the uh, barbecue mission today? Not yet. It's uh,
6: 4 to 8, yes. We'll oh, be I up see. There. You've
1: that, gone to it's, your summer
3: times. Yeah, too hot in the middle of the day.
6: Yeah. Going to the summer hours.
3: So she goes to, I, she goes to the later hours where we get the afternoon pop-up
1: shower the, and then the, the, she, the, the, she won't go
4: at all.
3: Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold
1: yeah. Hold it. I mean, I mean... You know, you could get a hold of Ed Piotowski, who's got a pink Camaro convertible. Did you convertible. say Piotowski? That's Whatever. what he said. Piotowski.
5: Well, hey, look, the, ch- the children call him P in a Trout Stream. All
1: right. <laughs> All right. I could have said Jamie Arnold, but he's not a gearhead, uh, you know? How do you know? He probably drives a Hyundai with a, with a black car and a gray interior like I everybody else. Jamie is.
3: Arnold drives a motorcycle, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure if you watch yeah. their commercials, he drives a motorcycle.
6: I, mean, well, I got to tell you about Ed. Sometimes Ed says is wrong. Whatever Ed says is wrong. So, you know, this weather is like, hard to believe. Like when he, he said here. there
3: was going to be a 40 foot storm surge when the hurricane came ashore.
6: Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> Listen, every weather person here, don't quit your day job. Really.
5: I'll, I'll, I'll take that in advice.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because
5: well, I, mean, I give the weather 10 times a day.
1: Look, my favorite all-time weatherman, Wally Kanan, the weatherman in Philly. He looked like a combination of Groucho and Harpo Marks. (laughs) Mine was was Larry Sprinkle. (laughs) Larry Sprinkle. In in Charlotte, North Carolina, Larry Sprinkle's been a weatherman there forever. Yeah, yeah. Ronald's a good call. Yeah. Yep. Willard Scott. Willard Scott. Neighbor
4: up Mm -hmm. there in
1: Old Middleburg, Virginia.
4: Especially when he did the uh, Smuckers. Smuckers. Yeah. My mother. My mother would be on a charge. She's 100. uh, Is that right? Yep. Man, we
1: have to do that. You know, we could do that—the the radio version of of Willard Scott and the Smucker's hundred-year-old birthdays. The Queen's going to be a hundred. I mean, that's unbelievable.
3: Yep. Your mom and the Queen, wow. and still supposedly working, although nobody knows what she does, her entire life.
6: <laughs> she naps all day. But she's got
3: she's
1: got a classic Marilyn wave. That's a Marilyn wave, by the yep. way. When she does that, side to side, Marilyn yep. wave, and she smiles. Politely, like every good politician. And she
4: owns her own country.
1: And she has yeah. her own country, yes. Okay. Yes. Enough said. And you got to like her soldiers are called beef eaters. Yes, yeah, Okay. Right. <laughs> On the rock. Please. Over here, we're All right, Shirley. chicken chokers. <laughs> Shirley, we <we're> ready?
6: <laughs> chicken yeah,
1: chokers. Yes, I'm ready. Are we ready for our numbers? Yeah. Okay, here's oh, our yeah. numbers. Here's our numbers. Uh-huh. Early part of the summer, we're hitting Labor Day. I'm doing 11. I'll say 9, 10, 8.
6: Well, it, uh, who said 11? Was I that did. Larry? It was. Oh. Uh, uh, got it.
1: Larry the predictor.
7: Well,
4: yeah, Larry's reading off the it. sheet that you emailed. Out.
1: No, <laughs> she <laughs> does not. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I think.
5: Yeah, I agree. I agree. This Big is L.
1: not a contrived contest <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. This No, guessing,
6: actually, actually, what I just put out in the email was actually... Um, this week so we are we're always a week ahead on the uh, uh on the radio so he doesn't know he's in the dark
4: As he's
1: been usual. in the dark
4: since i've met him <laughs> a year ago they,
1: they don't call me mushroom man for nothing
4: <laughs> yeah,
6: right. yeah keep you keep keep you in the dark and feed you crap right
1: well and my brother lives near mushroom Geez, whatever you want to call it anyway so we're going to start out with fire away Danny's Pizza. We're going
6: to start out with no, uh, Sunday, June the 5th, Bagel Factory 2 is uh, 9 a.m. That's put on by the Grand Strand Corvettes. Um, And just at 9 9 o'clock, there's no end time, just whenever. Um, Also on Sunday, June the 5th, is Joey Dog's Cruise in, and that's from 11 to 2. We also have the Dirty Armadillo cruise in on Sunday, um, and that's four to seven p.m. Monday, June the sixth, we have Michael's cruise in. Scrapbooking four to seven. Yes. Um, actually, somebody went there yesterday. One one of our friends, and they said there they were nobody else there. Nobody showed up. That's so the best kind know. of
1: cruising. It's just me and me.
6: You and pizza.
1: No. <laughs> okay, Michael's.
6: No. I, yeah, Michael's. And also on Monday is Captain Archie's cruise in North Myrtle Beach, and that's Maybe. 4 to 7 p.m. Maybe. May, well, yeah, Maybe. that's the story behind that. Which, yeah, that's the story on that one. So anyway, Tuesday, June the 7th, is Mission, Mission Barbecue in North Myrtle, and that's 4 to 8. Also on Tuesday is Danny's Pizza, and that's in uh, Myrtle's Inlet at 4 p.m. Friday, June the 10th, we have Berkey's Cruise Inn, and that's in Myrtle Beach at 4 p.m. Saturday, June the 11th, we have Litchfield Restaurant Cruise Inn in Pauli's Island from 4 to 7.
4: I'll be there. That's in your hood, Al. Yes, it is.
6: Oh, well, that's right in your neck of the woods. All right, so we also have on Saturday the Saltwater Grill and Bar in Longs, and that's 11 to 2. And uh, the last one we have is Surfside Beach Sandcastle Cruise Inn, and that is in Surfside from 11 to 2. You going to that one, Al? That's in your neck of the woods. I'm going
4: to hit them all. Let's let's not call it
1: neck of the woods for Al. Let's just call it section of the swamp. How's that? That's in your section (laughs) of the swamp. Did you see where Al's pet... Al's pet gator was found up in North Myrtle Beach out on the, out on the sands yesterday. I And they, I saw and they that. captured it. He took the bus. Yes. They captured it. Okay. What
3: What did I, I say? Guess. It's an alligator. It's in the ocean. Let it no, live no, no, in its no, home. No, 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 no. No, no. They're
1: brackish or freshwater yeah, they're, animals. They're, fresh no, they're fine water in saltwater for I, a period I have a, of time, I have a which he isn't going to
4: live there. I have a few by me. I have a small one. I think you saw a picture of the small one. Yes. Uh, I, have okay say, I, I have to say,
5: I have to say, I agree with Mike. I've been here for 25 years and leave the animals
3: alone. I
1: Alligators mean, are here long before I, we were. I, I exactly. completely understand this. When someone says there's sharks in the water, where else would they be? Exactly, Shirley.
6: Yeah, no, I get that, but yet the gators—that's uh, two animals you're fighting out there: the sharks and the gators. And well, luckily, it wasn't lunchtime when that gator was out there because he—he was just wanting to swim on by. A see, gator likes yeah, taters,
3: uh, and seems, then they jumped on him and duct taped his mouth shut. Seems to me
1: that that's probably some USFL teams. The gators. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the Sharks. The Gators. Yeah, That's right. The, the Gators. New York Gators are going to be against the Miami Sharks. USFL action. <laughs> Only on Fox this weekend. In between your NASCAR races. Shirley, thank you so yeah. much for calling in. Uh, tell the Floyd we said hello and uh, keep your green flag flying, okay?
6: Yes, sir. You all have a great day.
1: You too. Take care. Shirley Lynch, ladies and gentlemen. Show times with Shirley. Now, they can fake you out now. You can either see the beach or Four door wagon with the child seat in the back and the fake groceries. That's Shirley's car. And then fake Floyd, groceries. Fake groceries. Have you not seen the back of her car? I have dude? not seen fake she groceries. Has, she has bags no. uh, and again, yes.
3: paper bags full of fake groceries. I've never seen her car because there's <laughs> always a threat of rain <laughs> within 800 miles Michael, of whatever show
1: she's Michael, goes to. you need to come out when the sun's shining more. Yeah. This is Into Pits Racing Radio. We are powered by Racing John. Shirley called it on the Hot Rod Hotline. We'll be right back.
8: Got a cracked windshield?
6: can't believe this.
8: Showtime Glass has your back. You choose who replaces your windshield. Don't let your insurance company decide what's best for them. Windshield repairs and replacements are mandated by law as an essential service. Family owned, safe and local. Showtime Glass has the best technicians, uses up to the minute COVID-19 safety procedures and separates appointments. Stay safe and get the best quality windshield replacement and fast in just 30 minutes. Plus, every insured windshield replacement comes with three windshield wipers, three tint strips and rock chipper repair call now for our free promotions while you wait relax surf the net or entertain the kiddos showtime glass has nine arcade machines pool table darts two xboxes complimentary snacks coffee ice cream drinks and free wi-fi even a quiet and private family lounge complete diaper changing tables even diapers call today at 843-212-6511 that's 843-212-6511 or online at showtimeglass.us that's showtimeglass.us
3: got axel
5: Hey, this is Rick Roberts. An auto accident can turn your life upside down. I know. I've been there. Dealing with insurance companies, work issues, medical bills, all while trying to recover from your injuries. Well, guess what? Axelrod lawyers, they'll fight to get you all the compensation you deserve. I know for a fact they won my case. Axelrod Associates are your local lawyers with over 125 years combined legal experience. Visit Axelrod.com today or call them at
9: 843-916-9300.
2: Got Axelrod?
9: Here's an interesting fact, Clay. The average real estate agent in the u.s only sells a handful of homes per year but blake sloan of sloan realty group sold 780 homes last year and he has almost as many five-star google reviews you
10: know buck i met blake recently and his exclusive strategic options are impressive think about it every seller has unique needs and circumstances so when blake sold 780
9: homes last year He had to use 780 unique strategies. And that's how he's seen over 765 star reviews. Blake doesn't use the cookie cutter approach to selling homes. He gives each seller the personalized experience they deserve, getting them the best results for their needs.
10: That's why you should take our advice and work with an agent who thinks outside the box and doesn't try to fit everyone
9: into the same mold. Go to BlakeSloan.com or Google Blake Sloan Real Estate to check out those five-star reviews.
1: get on uh, it. Uh, I, I get guess, on it. I guess that's uh, in, because of my advice statements in the last segment.
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> Al request. said he wanted some Sugar Hill <laughs> Gang. Now, now
1: uh, calling it. Go ahead. No, Al. hold on. Before, we, All right, go ahead. Rick
4: Roberts. Rick Roberts. Yes, sir. I want to congratulate your daughter on her um, yes, graduation. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations.
5: And man. valedictorian.
4: Oh, wow. Even well, better. Yeah. She wow. takes after her dad.
1: Yep. Probably so.
5: Uh, we're not going to go that far. But thank you. She, but thank you either just, way. She
3: was just a better cheater than her dad was. <laughs> no, that's
5: the one thing about her. She's pretty. much.
3: Where did she smart. get her looks? Uh Not Her mama. <laughs> yeah, she didn't get it from her, her mother. Her
5: mama.
4: <laughs> Again, congratulations. I, I say because these guys probably weren't going to say anything, and I thought about it today, and I figured I'd be the come from my heart. Thank you. Well, geez, I appreciate that. I'll she. Uh, he probably wants he, to know he, what do I need. What left? do I need next? You know what's really funny. I've been
1: watching the scripts on my TV now, you know, where you put in a little Oh, I got it on all the box. time. Okay. And then it'll sit there and say, virtuoso music. And it'll sit there, drama music yeah. at the bottom. Like, I got to understand what type of music that is, you know? Are you
3: talking about the closed captioning?
4: Yeah, well, closed captioning. Close it tells captions. you what I kind of you. music. Closed is. captions are the best. I got you. <laughs>
3: if they're auto-generated and you're going through trying to figure out what they're actually would, trying to say, because it's not what it's it
4: is. Like but the problem about. is when you're watching Monday Night Raw yeah <laughs> wrong names yeah wrong everything.
1: you, you know a wordmaster is joining us on the hot rod hotline right now. I the don't want only Jim Donnelly Jim Donnelly, I don't think he needs a little uh, uh, anecdotes at the bottom of the television as it changes or translating. Are you into that, Jim?
11: I'm usually the one who provides the anecdote, so I <laughs> guess I'm guessing'm the wrong person to ask good I like it.
1: Man, well, You know, that would be really kind of cool in a way. Could you imagine that if you could break into somebody else's sound system and have your voice on, on their television or something like that? We used to be able to do that what, on a Nextel. Well, on, ba- do- you ever been on a
4: baby monitor? Hold on. They're doing it now, I think, s- similar with um, some of these things they've done in, um, with MTV or whatever. They have Andy Warhol's voice. He's been dead a long time. Mm-hmm. and they're, they're um, auto-generating his voice with AI. It's amazing. Yeah, um, we,
3: our, Ours was baby monitors. we lived a, in a neighborhood with a lot of babies, and invariably whoever would have the latest baby would come home with a new baby monitor, plug it in, get it all set up, and somebody else in the neighborhood would be on the same frequency.
1: Well, there was this little device you could buy back in the day, and you plugged it in or you attached it to your car radio, and it, you tell the guy next to you, hey man, turn on 88.5 FM. And what it was, was your signal going into their car. Whew, made for some interesting. Like a Mr. Microphone? Yeah. It made for some very interesting exchanges at red lights. And of course, some burnouts afterwards. Okay. So, Jim, I'll tell you. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about the uh, Grand Sport today. Article you did in, was it Crankshaft, this one? I'm.
11: Yes, it's in the it's the cover story in the forthcoming fourth issue of Crankshaft.
1: Oh, wow. I'm on your website right now and that is crankshaftmagazine.com for
11: yeah, Yes, indeed. Wow. And and there should be a there should be a prototype of the cover uh, up there which uh, we had the car professionally photographed at the Revs Institute uh, not far from here in Naples, Florida where it's part of their permanent collections and um, um, we just thought the car was significant enough to go ahead and put out there and make it the anchor story for the issue of the magazine.
1: Well congratulations on that. Tell us a little bit about this particular car.
11: I'll tell you uh, while I was waiting for your call I was trying to anticipate that question and um, the Grand Sport uh, can really stand alongside any number of other cars, race or otherwise, that show what General Motors can accomplish when it really puts its mind to it. And unfortunately, as great a car as it is, the grand sport, um, is probably better known for what it didn't do, which was, um, get an honest, actual opportunity to, to compete in the um, FIA international GT category that was created for 1964, the car was actually built to contest that championship. And the reason it wasn't was because a guy named Fred, Frederick Donner, who was the chairman of General Motors in the early 1960s, found out about this uh, secret project that Zora Arkus-Duntov had pulled off under his nose and immediately yanked the funding for it. So the car never got to compete in that GT championship. And if you ever get a chance to look or examine um, a grand sport in, in close detail and realize how closely it was inspired by the actual Corvette Stingray of 1963 that Bill Mitchell did so much to design you'll realize the same thing as anybody else did, was that this car could potentially have won that championship. It could have won a world championship right out of the box, and it didn't. And that's a shame.
3: Yeah, looking at the pictures of it, you can tell that it's inspired by the Corvette
12: for sure.
11: It's, there, there's a, an, an amazing amount of crossover between those two cars because uh, it still uses a ladder frame. It uses the exact same um, rear suspension, only with a couple of extra leaves, the lateral um, leaf spring that Corvettes of that era are so, so well-known for. And in this case, however, they had a magnesium bell house, uh, excuse me, a magnesium differential housing bolting up to the spring bracket. And um, the entire car wet with a three hundred and seventy seven cubic inch small block just barely cracked two thousand pounds. Wow. So this car came in this car was in fighting trim, believe me.
3: Two thousand pounds at what are we at? A thousand horsepower?
11: Uh about five hundred fifty, which was plenty for that day. Certainly uh enough to take on the Ferrari GTOs and uh um, I believe a successor model was the 250 SP that were that would have been contesting the FIA GT category. Uh, yeah, that that wasn't lacking for anything in the in the pony department.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because how many Grand Sports were actually
11: built? There were originally supposed to be 125 built. Only five were ever constructed. And thanks to the foresight and gutsiness, I guess is a, a word we can use on the radio, of Zora, Arcus, Duntoff, all five of those cars survived. They all existed. Um, most of them had some kind of secondary racing career, uh, including chassis 0004, which is the um, subject of the story in Crankshaft. Um the, um, the fact that those cars escaped the crusher is a miracle in and of itself. Um, and, and the fact that a grand sport, even to this day, all these decades later, is still a squat, very purposeful, very strong, very well undersprung, uh, GT coupe speaks volumes for what Duntov and the guys in Chevy Engineering accomplished when when the brass left them alone to do it.
3: How many of them still exist? All of them. Yeah.
11: All five. Wow. Um, I'll throw a word at you guys. Pontiac Fiero. Anybody ever driven one? Yep. You know who had one? I've I've ridden
3: in one. I did not drive it. You know who had one, Jim?
1: Who's that? Dave Reininger had an 88 gt
11: yes okay no i didn't know that he did but i'm not surprised that he did uh because that was probably the same year that it was the cart pace car when they had the cart ppg pace car fleet if you guys remember that um the original fiero was a flat-out terrible car the concept was sound but the execution in terms of materials and build quality And power, or in this case, the lack of power, was just inexcusable coming from the company of GM's um, size and engineering capability. But as the years went on, the car got progressively better. By the time Dave Reinger got his GT, it had a totally redesigned chassis underneath it, um, pretty snotty little V6 engine, 2.8 liters, and a five-speed and it was a decent car. So what happened next? Anybody have an answer?
1: I, I do I know the story. <laughs> so I'll let you tell the story. GM
11: killed it. Yep. Why? I don't know. All right, here's... It wasn't that but I'll tell you this, it wasn't that much longer after that when they pil- killed Pontiac in, in its entirety.
1: Here here's the story as I was told to me. They knew that by 86 and 7, somewhere close to 88 You could take the uh, quad four turbo motor and slip it right into the back of that Fiero, bolt on. And with that turbo and a little bit of tuning, it was faster than the Corvette, which isn't saying much in 88. It was also faster than Cadillac's new sports car, the Elante. So sitting around like GM execs do, and you know this better than anybody, Jim, they decided, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, we can't have a Pontiac be the fastest car in the fleet, especially that thing. Well, what are we going to do? I'll, t- I'll
11: tell you what. I, I, as an automotive writer, I logged a lot of test miles in quad 4 powered cars. If you boosted that thing and put it in the Fiero, which was probably at the most a twenty-three hundred and fifty-pound car, yep, um, and and had an accelerator that was basically functioning as an on-off switch, uh, that thing would have blown a Corvette out of the water back yeah. in that in that year. And that's why I maybe wanted not the- on a, maybe not on a skid pad but certainly at a stoplight.
1: Well, that's why I wanted to buy Dave's. Black. I mean, it was a silver, black interior, pristine. You know how Dave kept his stuff. And, Absolutely. And it was just sitting in the garage, in the driveway, half in the garage, week after week. I'd go over, pick him up to go do the radio show. Are you going to sell me that thing or not? Well, he finally sold her for like 2500 bucks. I nearly wanted to punch him in the face, but it was gone. Buying a quad four out of a junkyard was about a three or $400 enterprise. So for Absolutely. three or four grand, I'd have had a barn burner and a Fiero.
11: I'm surprised something like that didn't uh, show up in one of the nuts and bolts car magazines like CarCraft when it was around. Maybe it didn't. I just don't know about it. But, I mean, that's a... You know that's a baloney and cheese combo right there.
1: Yeah, it, isn't it? I mean, it, it was just one of those cars that was destined for greatness until somebody said, "Oh wait a minute, it can't be greater than this, so we're going to kill it." And and unfortunately, that occurs in in the corporate world. I mean, I've seen insurance companies take great ideas and kill it, sure, because it didn't come from the right source. Hundred so, mile per gallon
11: engines. Yeah, ridiculous. Do you know? Do you guys know? Do you guys know who? Um, or I should say which to use the right pronoun. Um do you guys know uh which car the um Grand, the Corvette Grand Sport was most intended to compete with?
1: Hmm.
4: The Grand Sport.
11: The mm-hmm.
1: Pontiac Tempest?
11: No. No.
4: The Cobra. I say Shelby oh say Cobra, I would assume.
11: Yeah, but I mean yeah, God. that that was and a get, wish. So, you take so a shot. the FIA <laughs> So the FIA, the which is for, for anybody who's not aware of it, is the international governing structure of top level auto racing, and 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 which created this GT category, international GT category, for 1964. Yeah, they which car won the championship? I'll, I'll tell you the what. New, the
13: ahead, the newly
11: sorry. designed for the championship. Cobra Daytona Coupe which was which was Shelby's answer to the Grand Sport.
1: Well, Jim, I'll tell you you're going you're fading in and out. We got to come up on a break, but uh Crankshaftmagazine.com uh look for this particular issue or go online to get it. Jim Donley, senior editor, we appreciate you coming on in the pits and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next time within the next couple of weeks. This you're listening to the fastest show on your radio dial. It is in the pits. He called it in on the Hot Rod, Hot Hot Rod Hotline. Hotline. Yep. Another
10: cracked windshield? That's two this year. Don't stress, it happens. Just call Showtime Glass. They fixed my glass perfectly. Plus, gave me free wipers, tint, a $30 certificate to the Lobster House, and offered me 15 seconds in their cash machine. I grabbed a fistful of cash. A money machine? Yep, anyone with a registered car windshield repair gets a free chance at $500 in their money machine for posting their experience at Showtime on Facebook Live. I'm there, what's the name? Showtime Glass. They accept all insurance companies, use OEM quality windshields, and have amazing technicians. And it's a blast. They have games and arcades, more family fun than most anywhere these days. It's clean and safe. We checked it out. Drive safe and cash in on the Showtime
8: Glass Money Machine today. Call Showtime Glass at 843-212-6511. That's 843-212-6511. Online at showtimeglass.us. Showtimeglass.us.
13: As an investor, you'll always need to deal with risk of some kind. But how can you manage the risk that's shown up in the recent volatility of the financial markets? The answer may depend on where you are in your life. For example, when you're first starting out in your career, with decades to go until you retire, you could take on a higher risk level, as you invest primarily for growth. When you're in the middle stages, you might be saving for retirement and for your children's college education, so you still need to invest for growth, but you'll also want to balance your investment mix. Then when you're closing in on retirement, you may lower your risk level by relying on cash and cash equivalents in your portfolio to meet your daily expenses for the next few years. Finally, when you're retired, you can help control risk by carefully monitoring how much you withdraw each year from your retirement accounts. By being aware that your risk tolerance can change over time, you can make better informed investment decisions at every stage of your life. This is Certified Financial Planner Jamie Crowland, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor in Myrtle Beach.
10: Green, never damaging but strong enough to give you the brightest clean cleaning we clean it all that's how stuff gets clean
14: hey its Bobby and I'm excited spring is in the air and we are ready to serve We continue to practice all of the proper PPE steps for everyone's safety and want to remind you to take action to protect your family by keeping your floors and surfaces clean either in your home or at the office. We're your one call to do it all 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
1: Hey, welcome back. In the pits, racing, rotting, and rocking. Rick Roberts, all the R's out there right there. That's five R's. Racing, rodding, rocking Rick Roberts. Really? Make that six.
3: Remarkable.
1: It is. Make that a <laughs> <Ruff>, Rough, rough. <laughs> all right. Well, back to the show. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> Jeez. Well, sometimes the show gets off on a whack, and other times it's. Wackier um, than this Other times, we're whacking them all. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. You know, the greatest weekend of racing, as Mike calls it, the Christmas of motorsports. Racing sports. Christmas. When racing. was it? Uh, that Sunday. would have been Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Some people that we know started on Saturday night under the lights. Okay? Their weekend started off a little bit earlier than ours. And joining us on the Hot Rod Hotline is the hot on the lot, rottest of the Rodders.
3: What is her... Title as far as the racing organization, this is true. Are you she is the owner? You own it? owner? I like it. Bill, yeah.
1: payer. But you know, you need a hat. Then we'll make you the Jack Roush of Riverside.
15: Yeah, um. I. I've, you know, I'm the keeper of the spreadsheets. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and to keep her the checks. Yeah. That means yeah,
15: well the spreadsheet is to see how much money we spent because it's much easier to look at it on a big spreadsheet than it is to flip through my checkbook.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I guess if you put it on a computer, the computer would just probably just crash and burn off the side of your your desk. I remember those I, days. What's in the oh budget yeah. for this weekend? Well, we can stay at the Motel 6. Well, okay, Le- that's not all that bad. No, there's one room no. for six <laughs> for six of us.
15: Yeah. <laughs> You mean we can stay in the parking lot? Yeah, exactly. At <laughs> the motel, say. <six. laughs> Motels,
1: yep, yep. We we, <sighs> we had some very strange ways of getting around the racing world back in those days. But
15: I definitely wouldn't trade it for the world, though. As as, <laughs> as frustrating as sometimes it gets, we're 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 having a good time. Yeah. I didn't see my husband much at all last week. I don't know if you followed, but he was here at the shop till like 11, 12 at night every night. So I had very nice, quiet evenings at home. As the owner, watching from the camera. But he
3: left early yesterday.
15: He did, you know, because the pool was calling him. It was hot in here. I didn't get up yesterday, so I ain't going in. It's a holiday. So, um, yeah, he did leave early yesterday. He deserved it, though. Yeah, I did like, make him do some yard work, though.
3: It was like 2 or 3 o'clock yesterday. You know, and Louis you
1: know, like, I'm going home. You, you know what, Barbara? Yeah. Take a couple minutes and let the listeners know the dynamic of the Riverside racing team. I mean... It's it's incredible what you do to to put all these needles into it this. Is,
15: it's um we well we've raced you know our our whole lives and we got out of it and we said you know we're done like everybody else does but you're never done. Um Louie and I actually got married on a racetrack. My father-in-law's done it his whole life. My brother-in-law's been driving ever since I think he could reach the pedals. Um, my sister-in-law, who has now taken over my marketing, and her husband are a huge part of our, um, of our team here, and my mother-in-law as well. And um, we race for cancer. It's, um, it's actually not only knocked on our front door, it's moved into our home. So I lost my mom to it. Uh, my father-in-law, Kevin, is a survivor. My father is a survivor. And my driver currently right now, Kevin Jr., is in treatment for cancer. So Everything that we do is to raise money for those kids over at St. Jude's, and um, anything we win, you know, any checks we get from the track, a hundred percent of that goes back to St. Jude's. Um, just we want to do that. It's it's our family giving back because we've been fortunate with so much positive on the cancer side, as far as being in remission, treatments, things like that. So um, we try to stay positive about that and give as much as we can to that organization for those kids.
1: Yeah, your backstory, Barbara, really warms the heart of a lot of people, and I think more people need to know about this. I'll give you a little bit of a sidebar here. Working with a financial planner, as some of us do in the insurance business, um, she's Lebanese, she's from Mississippi, and she's related to Danny Thomas, a couple generations away, and has done many, many events through charitable donations and et cetera at St. Jude's with – her like, distant cousin, Marla. She lives here in Myrtle Beach. And uh, there's a lot of people that are just, I don't I don't even know, I don't know the philanthropy here at times when you run across people. That it's amazing. Are, it is amazing. There's a lot of people here that donate a lot of money and time to causes much like what if, you do.
15: If I ever told you the story about my mom, she had uh, stage four lung cancer. Um and when she got diagnosed, she went out and she bought herself the Mercedes AMG, beautiful six-figure vehicle. She had the uh, license plate made on the back. It said last ride. Oh, wow. She said to me, she said, um, when I pass, she says, I want you to auction this car off. And I want you to give that money to the kids over in the cancer center at um, where we used to bring her at Dana-Farber. So every time I'd bring her in for her treatment, she'd be like, Barbie, look at those poor kids. I'd say, Mom, look at you, you look like Beetlejuice. But she loved those kids, so we ended up auctioning that car off, and we got almost a half a million dollars that went to that hospital. There was actually a playroom there with my mom's name on it, computers, toys, all kinds of stuff in there. But she wanted to uh, give back to the kids, so that's when Louie and I started giving to these kids in St. Jude, and it just kind of followed us through our whole family.
1: Well, it's interesting because I've always told people that work with me at this show if you want to get into a major race team or into a major driver's life, wait till they have some charitable event going on, then invite them to come on the air with you. It's kind of a yeah. left way, left-handed way of getting a guest, okay? But in your case, people don't know this story about Riverside, okay?
15: No, they don't. Um, you, know, we, we, you know, we put things out there, and I know Sheena's going to be working on, you know, trying to do some more of that because I, I stay pretty busy um about getting some more donations whether it people want to do a, a straight donation for per race a per lap donation whatever they want to do um know that it's you know 100 tax deductible it's going to be in their name it's just riverside's way of giving back to that hospital
1: well i mean it's, I, I, and I don't, I don't want to diminish what you guys do on the track but it seems riverside is more about what goes on at the track not on the track you know
15: that's right, and it's you know we're a family, and we know that these kids have families, and and it's tough. You, you know, you deal with that with a grown adult, and it's tough, but you deal with that in a child, and it takes on a whole new perspective.
3: Agreed. absolutely, agreed. So, who's your at-track chef?
15: Um, that would be me. That's nice.
3: Me. What's what's your typical race day menu include?
15: It it all depends. I ask my guys the night before, you know, what they feel like. I usually have some pasta salads. I've got some potato salads. I've got sandwiches. We've got donuts that I make that morning. Yes, they're fresh. They're very good. Um, I make a bunch of pastries. I mean, they're they're always eaten. They're garbage guts all day. As far as meals go, if I do crockpot chicken bog, something like that, I'll put it in the crock I'll put it in the crockpot and they'll will eat that, but they they prefer cooler things in the summer. So
4: no, I understand that. So yeah. Barbara, when's your next race? Because I'm salivating here over your menu. Yeah, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking. Oh, you, need, you th-
15: absolutely need to come by our hauler for sure. You will not leave hungry, thirsty. We've got drinks. We've got we got everything. There is a uh, week after next, actually. The 18th. Oh, you know, well. where know where we at today? The 31st?
1: Yeah, that's a Looking at weeks the wrong out.
15: calendar. The 11th. We erased the 11th.
1: Uh, I'll be back in Virginia. I wish I could come.
15: Um, I even bring sometimes. I'll do pizza. I I got one of those little pizza ovens that's a portable. So we'll do that. Oh. We have a good time. Oh,
1: yeah, Charlene's got an uni.
15: Yes, that's what I got to bring with me. Oh, do
1: you really? Have, oh, we can have a uni off. Let me yeah. tell you something. If you, she so, made sounds pizza like through. you're
3: describing a belly button.
1: I, no, I'm. I'm just going to make tell, your own sauce though. Oh, no, no. Everything's from scratch. Okay, okay dough and okay, all. Okay, dough wait a minute. Off.
5: Are we talking about sea urchin? Cause that's, no, that's we're talking uni. about
4: pizzas. Pizza.
3: Okay, no, It's pizza.
4: a pizza oven. Oh, okay, I use my weapon. Because uni. Uni,
5: uni also is sea urchin, sushi.
0: Okay.
15: Oh, yeah,
5: no. Oh, yeah, no. No,
15: we <laughs> don't cook none of that.
5: Well, you don't cook it. You eat it raw. Cause oh, it sushi? I love mm-hmm.
15: sushi. I like some sushi, but not all sushi. Okay,
1: I was just curious. But I tell you what, I like most pizzas. Uh,
4: but the the uni is incredible, p- especially with pineapple on it.
1: I was just saying we're gonna have a family I'm challenge, and yeah. next time she whips out the uni, I'm gonna go make my own ingredients to put on it. Heck yeah. But you know what? Let me t- let me just say this to all of our listeners and fans out there. Maybe I'm gonna lose some fans. You put you put ham and pineapple on a pizza. I'm gonna have my friends out in Vegas visit your house. Well, that's fine. We'll have them come, him come
15: over. over, Larry. But I love you anyway. Come,
4: come I like on it. over. You know what? Yeah, happens. I know you told me you like pizza. with
15: I do. And I know. I think my father wanted to throw you know me out of the family belongs? too,
4: but in the garbage.
1: You know. You know yeah. what, I, uh, Barbara? But, uh, before we get to what's hot on the because we got to come on, on a break. The sons and daughters of Italy have a membership drive going on right now. We, you <laughs> and I, should go down there. <laughs> and sit there and try to be just take the place over. What do you think?
15: Yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. almost like wedding crashers.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, Barbara, I'm getting the I'm getting pestered. What's hot on the lot?
15: Ah, 2010 um yellow jacket RT Charger with 118,000. Very pretty. Very nice. pretty.
1: Yeah, sounds like yes. a, a bumblebee? Yes.
15: It's actually the color is called yellow jacket. But yeah, okay. same idea. See, right. Same idea.
1: And and today's everyday low, low, low lower than Louie's price? Wow, nobody's lower Louis than likes Louis to
6: give price. them away. Yeah. Twelve five on that one.
1: Twelve go one more time all the way through. It's a hundred and eighteen thousand. Twelve low. five. What year is it?
15: Is the price. Yeah.
1: What year? What what year was it? Year, 12, year? 2010.
15: twenty ten, I'm sorry.
1: Twenty ten. Hmm. Eleven years old. I'd look good driving that thing. Anyway, Barbara, I got to come up and pick up a tire tomorrow.
15: Yes, your tire is here. All
1: right. I'm tired of not having a tire. So, Barbara, thank you so much. What's hot on the lot? Thank you, guys. All right. You take care. In the Pitts Racing Radio, she called in on the hot rod rod, hotline. And uh, that's what's hot. We'll be right
4: back. on the lot.
8: Got a cracked windshield?
0: can't believe that.
8: Showtime Glass has your back. You choose who replaces your windshield. Don't let your insurance company decide what's best for them. Windshield repairs and replacements are mandated by law as an essential service. Family owned, safe, and local. Showtime Glass has the best technicians, uses up-to-the-minute COVID-19 safety procedures, and separates appointments. Stay safe and get the best quality windshield replacement and fast in just 30 minutes. Plus, every insured windshield replacement comes with three windshield wipers, free tint strips, and rock chip prepare Call now for our free promotions. While you wait, relax, surf the net, or entertain the kiddos. Showtime Glass has nine arcade machines, pool table, darts, two Xboxes, complimentary snacks, coffee, ice cream, drinks, and free Wi-Fi. Even a quiet and private family lounge, complete diaper changing tables, even diapers. Call today at 843-212-6511. That's 843-212-6511. Or online at ShowtimeGlass.us. That's ShowtimeGlass.us.
12: Horry County teachers, do you have a special classroom project in mind? You can apply right now for up to $1,000 for your special project. This is through Horry Electric Cooperative's Bright Ideas Grant Program. Grants are available to all kindergarten through 12th grade teachers. Bright Ideas grants are intended to fund projects outside of normal public and private school funding parameters. Innovation is one of the four core values Touchstone Energy Cooperatives live by. Commitment to community is one of our seven cooperative principles. And we love seeing your bright ideas turn into a reality. To apply, visit oreecinfo slash bright dash ideas. That's oreecinfo slash bright dash ideas. Teachers, the deadline to apply is 1159 p.m. on Wednesday, June 1st. So get your application submitted. We are Ori Electric Cooperative, your Touchstone Energy Cooperative.
7: Hi, I'm Rick from Earl's Inlet Seafood with an example of our typical inventory for a spring day. Today we're featuring seasonal treats like five sizes of shrimp, live blue crabs and soft-shell crabs, North Carolina flounder, dry New England sea scallops, local swordfish, grouper, snapper, wahoo, mahi, plus Scottish salmon, New Jersey monkfish, Nova Scotia haddock, New England cod, and Alaska halibut. I also invite you to peruse our deli cases, loaded with homemade gourmet items and award-winning soups. Today's soup lineup is outstanding, with cream of lobster and asparagus, blue crab tomato basil, she-crab bisque, lobster bisque, New England clam chowder, and zuppa Toscano spozzolizio. We're open from 8 till 8, 7 days a week, so the best thing you can do when you're hungry is come on down to Murrow's Inlet Seafood. At the south end of Old Merle's Inlet, across from Nance's restaurant.
1: You know how they do the crank it up during the NASCAR races because the guys have to go to the bathroom? It. You know what I'm saying? Crank it It. up. I, I mean, like...
3: Please make it go away.
1: Rick's selections of songs most of the time, unless you and he corroborate, really just blows me away. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate that, man. That's marvelous taste in music. Yeah, abs- you would think he was a professional radio personality. 10 That's to 3 sp- right here at WAV. Trying to, down the
3: way. trying to infuse a little more Bullet Boys into the mix. Uh, well, it's a, it's smooth good, up
4: in you. Somebody said Beastie Boys? Yeah.
3: Smooth up in you is good.
4: Okay. Shoot the preacher down. Is this first hour for of the rant? love of money?
3: Almost. <laughs> There's a bunch of them.
4: So the greatest weekend
1: of racing has just passed. And by the way, Riverside finished what was it? Seventh. 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 Michael. Uh, and and if you were paying attention, Barbara's talking about the driver, the brother has cancer, and he's out there racing. And he drives from Florida up here to race every two weeks. We're gonna have to get him to call into the show yeah. or come in the next time he's up here. But uh, really, I I think I think a post I saw on Facebook earlier really kind of just sets my theme for the racing. While I am uh, the Formula One race, Monaco, everybody's saying the cars are too fast for the track. They're too big, blah, 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 blah. It's epic. It's, <laughs> it's Monaco. It's freaking epic. It's Monaco, exactly. It's Monaco. You know, I mean, there's just,
3: what what can you say about Monaco? And The, the thing that I've been impressed with about Monaco over the last six to eight years is, they have put in a truckload of seats at that place. Yeah. There used to be seating for about 50 people. Yep. And it, there's 100,000 seats around there now.
1: Now, I- interesting, I mean, you know, uh, let's talk Roger Penske and we'll shift from the uh, south of France, Monaco, over to the, to the south of uh, Speedway, Indiana. To the balloonless Indianapolis 500. Yep. The uh, uh, Roger Penske, I don't. People were sitting there criticizing the fact that Roger owns a team and owns the facility. I don't have a problem with that. Somebody had to do it.
14: You That's know? right.
1: And I've always said the best-run racing organization is it's headed by, by a race by, team by a demagogic dictatorship is is the way I see it. So but does he
3: own the speedway or does he own the the sanctioning body? I thought he owned the whole thing. He owns
1: the whole thing.
3: Yeah, that's where the key. That's where the conflict of interest comes in—not the the speedway, but the fact that he owns the sanctioning body, and he's taking sponsors, well, from the sanctioning body and putting them on his own car. It's like Lee Diffie said yesterday. I wish I could uh, impersonate him. You
1: know, don't. There's probably no one better to there's sit there I and, wish I would, and be the custodian of all of those opportunities than Roger Penske. I I will, very I will absolutely man. agree.
3: There, there's there is nobody and, and further from reproach than Roger Payne. and that was that was a pretty incredible race I thought it was a good race yeah yeah I wouldn't call it incredible but it was a good race well a lot, lot of passing yeah. you know they had I'm trying to remember the year it was I want to say it was 10 12 years ago they had one of those where it was like they were almost like, no they were like restrictor plate engines well, everybody had the same Aero package. And it was slingshot pass after slingshot pass. They had like 80 lead changes in 200 the, laps. The
1: that's thing crazy. the thing that cracks me up about India, having been there several times now and watching it, is the exit of the apex in one, coming out of two, and go, coming from three into four. If you ain't on that line perfectly and you hit those marbles, see ya. And that's where all the wrecks are. Exiting turns three or four yeah two and four really yeah two and four now let's jump over to nascar it's the same thing exiting those left turns going back onto the straightaway that's where they were popping all the tires
3: yeah but they were popping tires i don't know that indy was popping tires no it wasn't
1: popping they tires were. it's just got a problem now yeah. this this comment was made by a journalist we're gonna have another journalist on a journalist. matt weaver but this this was made by a journalist During a crown jewel race, Kyle Larson hit the wall, later spun out, had three penalties on pit road, car caught on fire, and he rallied to almost win the race.
3: That was was in the first half of the race.
1: After he (laughs) sat there just before the halfway point and said, this is the worst racing he's ever done in his life.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I remember that.
3: That was the most unbelievable 200 laps of racing to turn around and almost win the race was crazy. I,
4: I kept watching his, n- his n- name and number on the scoreboard. I'm I like, know. where is it? Flip the page. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was... Uh, Next thing you know,
4: you he's know, up to six even, for a
1: while. He, I said something, and then Clint Boyer said the same thing almost verbatim about three minutes later. They need to do a Larson meter sponsored by somebody over in the lower right-hand corner. Okay, well, here's Larson. He's in twenty six. Oh, 12th. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Have a little ding, ding go up. Oh, he's up to ninth, and when he breaks into the top ten, a little kazoo goes off or something. Well, you because... know, he
4: missed, he missed a big crash. He went down low for that big crash.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's... Man, there's just something there. I mean, it's like you said. He also
3: kind of caused a big crash. Yeah, he did. (laughs) But, you know, you saw him last Tuesday at Millbridge. Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday was the show. Tuesday night, he was off. He didn't do really well in either of the races. But Wednesday, he was the show. Started 12th in the micro sprint race and won. And then started next to last in the midget race. And was all the way up to third. They had a late race restart with four laps to go And there was a long red flag, and I think what happened, I don't know for sure, but I think the air pressure in his tires got pretty low. They dropped the green flag to go back to racing, and he sailed it into one as he had been pounding the cushion to get to where he was. And that right rear rim hooked the cushion, and he cartwheeled like five times and just destroyed his car. And,
1: and, and, you know, we, we post this show on the net so it's all over the place. But the next time the opportunity comes that Kyle Larson is within, let's say, a reasonable 300 miles of your home, you need to buy a ticket and go watch something rather rather special. He's a show. I spent the better part of 50 laps up in turn one up on that stand watching him come down one, come down a straight, go into one, and basically hit the same exact pinpointed mark coming out of the apex of turn one, back onto the straightaway at Darlington.
3: Every single freaking lap, it was. But every like, lap that he went in, it was at a different angle. That's yeah, the thing. yeah. He's searching for speed, yeah. but he's always coming out. Exactly he's coming the way out he exactly the same. It. he is
1: the technician's technician. And you know, I keep uh, bugging his uh, PR guy. Uh, you know, he he owes us. You know what, what I'm saying? What about Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson, rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, rookie yeah, of the race. He was, he was, call.
4: he was on a move until he hit the wall.
3: Uh, yeah, Roman Grosjean did a better job, as far as I'm concerned. I can tell you that. On much. the move, he was at the back of the pack until some late race caution yep. pit stop stuff. Right, yep. that's what and got then, him up in the many
1: You know, uh, Jimmy, you're going to look real good in the booth, buddy. Just like Danica
3: I, looks real good in the booth. Uh, Danica looked like uh, what's her name from Star Wars.
1: Yeah, Princess Leia. I said the same thing. And on that note, for (laughs) Al Liebman, Mike Neff, this is Larry O. Rick Roberts saying, hey, stick around for hour number two. You're listening to the fastest show on your radio, though. It's In the Pits, powered by Racing Junk. Ta-da. Gee, I said the same thing. I said, look, it's Princess Leia.
3: Why they have Dale Jr. on that thing, it's just beyond me.
1: He's...
2: From the studios of Hot Talk 99.5 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you're in the pits. Powered by Racing Junk. Presented by the Little River Chamber of Commerce. Find your treasure in Little River. By Shops on Main, the best place to shop in North Myrtle Beach. By Advanced Auto Parts, where your parts are waiting for you. By the Racing Brotherhood, helping racers in their time of need. Now, here's the pit crew.
1: Hey, welcome back, Grace fans, and, of course, you Hot Rodders. Haven't been doing a whole lot of hot rodding here. Al Liebman in the studio, Big Al. How's it going? Yeah, it has been a little quiet. Mike Neff, though, he's over at Redline Power Sports the last couple of days. I was.
3: They had a bike fest type event. Had some dudes out there. Doing all sorts of freestyle motorcycle tricks. It was
4: pretty cool. You know, I want to say we saw a lot of tricks on 17 Atlantic Beach.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
1: we we were up at Dagwood's earlier in the day, and then that night, Shirlene and I went up to the mini putt-putt place on the cliff and looked at the light show coming up and down. You know what? i got to say one thing. It's hard to see between the seat and the front uh, handlebars. There are some really (laughs) badass motorcycles out on, on that. I mean... Baggers
3: and big wheels? And that was the one thing
4: that I... 41-inch wheels on some of those. Yeah.
3: The one thing that I observed, because we went to dinner down south, and I took 17 business all the way down to get down there on, on Saturday. The amount of people sitting on the side of the road watching the motorcycles was awesome. And I'm looking at the going, we need to work on making this happen... For a run to the sun.
1: Oh, dude, I was sitting there saying the same thing. I mean, it does happen to an occasion, but you see, that's what I was trying to do with going to the I House know. of Blues I know. was to get everybody right. to cavalcade all yeah, the way. cruise together. Cruise together. That would have just been so awesome. It would yep. have been like Woodward, you know what I'm saying? Coming up from Myrtle Beach into North Myrtle Beach, that's what, yep. 10 miles? That would have just been you know, a couple would've thousand awesome. hot rods. But the
3: bikers, man, they they had it going on.
1: They had it going and, on.
3: I, and I wanna, I was talking to some of them at the Redline thing. I want to start a new movement. A movement. A movement. Uh-oh. Is my Luxon? Luxury- Small front wheels. They got all these 35, 40-inch front wheels. I want to see a bunch of, like, 6-inch front wheels, 5-inch front wheels. Just extend that rake out a little bit further, put a little bitty front wheel on the front of that bagger. I, I want to see it. Let's, like let's the dragsters. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm old thinking, school
1: dragsters. I'm thinking Pro Street tire in the back of the bike and a little fatty, fatty, nubby garden wagon wheel in the front of the bike, but not yeah. for making corners.
4: Oh, my God. We need some nitrogen. You, you know, Michael. we you
3: tried making corners with a 40 inch front tire? It ain't real easy to do
4: either. Yeah, it's but those guys, hitting a pothole.
1: And those guys are sitting there at a 40 inch tire with the bagger lowered in the back with ape hangers on top of that. Yeah.
3: That is like I've I've never the I've never gotten into so, monkey hangers. Three hundred pounds on a from.
1: back seat. Joining us on the Hot Rod Hotline is the legendary journalist Legendary? All, yeah, he's, I'm making
3: him a legend. Okay. Yeah, he's the future legendary okay. journalist, okay? Matt I, Weaver. I would be willing to bet, and I know he will blush at this idea, yes. but I okay. believe the day will come many, many, many moons from now, that he will have a place down there at the uh NASCAR Hall of Fame
1: all right you know what i'm hope i'm alive to see that but i i agree i don't okay. know that i'll be alive future, but I, I know that he will future hall of famer matt weaver matt how you doing
16: i i'm not sure i'm going to be alive to see that day because <laughs> i'm not entirely i'm not entirely sure that uh anyone in in currently in daytona or charlotte shared that sentiment but i i do i do appreciate the kind words and i you know, just happy to do the job. And I, I thought this yesterday, too, given the, the holiday, just super, uh, just super, you know, proud and happy that I get to, to be in a country where I can tell these kinds of stories and, and do the job that I do and that people trust me to do the job. So just a lot of um, pride uh, to do the things that I get to do, I guess.
1: You know, I, I'll tell you, I, and I, I hate to put it to you this way, but in my opinion, you have earned every single follower reader
3: fan one at a time you know that's okay. that's and solid the, and the thing that i that i appreciate about about matt and bob and and dustin long and everybody that, that's that's at the the peak of the sport journalistically is you know when you have people calling you an idiot on a regular basis that you're doing something right
1: well if nascar picks up the <laughs> phone and calls you on monday and says you're an <laughs> idiot then you're doing a tremendous job but so, so Matt, let's go over. If in, you more don't mind. in
16: my experience, let me let me say this real quick. Uh, sure. Um, actually, the the real banner of pride is actually they never call you to tell you you're an idiot. They try to tell someone who has like leverage over you, right? They, they call the boss, Shut right? yeah, up. The, the managing editor, and it's it's never like, well, you know, if you just called me, maybe we could have uh, found some something that's more amenable than than wherever we're at
14: now.
1: <laughs> you know what, that, the first time that happens, that has got to be a proud moment. I'm sitting in my office one one uh, Monday morning, phone rings, it's a Daytona number, and uh, the person on the other end is a person we all know and love, and he sits there and he goes, hey Larry, how's it going? I said, good. He goes, uh, any chance you can get your correspondent, Eric Jones, to tone it down a little bit? And I sat there and I just started laughing. He says, I don't fail, to, I fail to see the humor. I said... I appreciate you listening. <laughs> there you go. And that's the way I took it. You know, if you've got them listening and watching what you're doing, Matt, kudos, buddy. Kudos.
16: For sure.
3: So, Racing Christmas, what was your overall take of all three mm-hmm. races on Sunday?
16: Well, you know, I, I, I kind of uh, push back on some of that a little bit because, like, listen, I, I understand the, the mainstream appeal – of monaco and certainly indianapolis and in the 600 and uh but there are a lot of really good racing christmases i mean i, I have the the great luxury and, and privilege to be able to to have gone to the knoxville nationals and to go to the snowball derby and the martinsville 300 and all these other just great events you know over the course of the year i've been to a rolex 24 um i've been to italy for world rally championship and uh I don't know. I hear that I'm like, yeah, this is a really cool day. But man, I mean, if you love racing, there are a lot of really cool days in, in motorsports right now. And so I don't want to um, underscore any of those. But I, I did think that I saw two of the three. I didn't. I didn't get up quite as early for um, for Monaco, mostly because I, I knew it would be a really late night in Charlotte. This is actually the first time I've covered the 600. I, yeah, I typically go to Indianapolis every year. <clears throat> and what a year to actually go to my first 600. I, I thought the 600 was spectacular. Now, listen, I, I think there were a lot of elements of the, <clears throat> the 600 that turned into um, a cluster, kind of an S show. At the end, but I I thought that race was would have been great if it would have ended with the attempted Chase Briscoe slide job, and if that were on the last lap and Chase went around, and that just is how the race ended. I thought the race prior to that was just spectacular. But I recognize that you know, kind of a a general casual audience, they want to see the big crashes and, and the spectacle of what the 600 became in the final 30 minutes, and that was fun too. So I thought that. The 500 was fun. I thought the 600 was fun. I've seen the highlights of, of Monaco. You know, it's it's a it's a spectacle. You know, it's it's, it's a great uh, event. Maybe not a race, but I think the entire weekend and how important qualifying is. That's kind of the show on Saturday. So I had fun. I, I love that race day. Saw a great World of Outlaws show yesterday in Lawrenceburg. So just really good racing everywhere.
1: So you know, let me let me go back a little bit because there's a lot of budding journalists out there, or some kids sitting there in high school right now saying, "I'm going to become an automotive writer." And we've seen them throughout the years. Give us like the last five days, going back. What did you do last week? Where have you been?
16: Oh, God, I need to, like, actually process that. <laughs> yeah. I gone. Well, start. Well, I went to Millbridge, right? I say start so with Tuesday because
3: you were at Millbridge on Tuesday.
16: Yeah, so I went to Millbridge, and I actually felt really sick on Wednesday, and I wanted to do Tuesday and Wednesday. So this week is probably not the uh, the best example because I, I kind of slowed down a little bit. But that's kind of the moral of the story, right? Like yeah. It had dawned on me when I woke up on, on Wednesday and just wasn't feeling it we, we really didn't have an Easter break anywhere this year, and I have been going nonstop since January. I went to to Chili Bowl and Speed Fest and Cordial, and um, I went to Los Angeles for the Clash, and I went to Daytona Speed Weeks. And every weekend since, I've been on the road somewhere. I haven't had a weekend off not that I want one. Like, I love this. So it's not like I'm I'm not complaining. But when you do it at that level and at that pace, you wake up some days and it's like, I'm not feeling this race day. And some race days are more important than others. And I enjoyed Millbridge on Tuesday, but I'm like, if I can just sacrifice Wednesday at Millbridge and have a a full weekend in, um, in Charlotte, I'm going to go to to Indiana. I'm, I'm going to go to 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 midget week and i'm going to go to gateway so i I don't know if my story has a lot of parallels for the ways that other people would want to do it because just totally candid i I do i do things that i don't think are sustainable (laughs) intelligent people wonder (laughs) yeah i don't know if this is the way that you want to do it if you want to have a a long healthy and prosperous life but god is it a lot of fun
1: you know i'll tell you i've had the great privilege of working with both dave reininger and Craig Murto, God rest their souls, but I don't know how many times Craig would be at the Dells, okay, then come back over to go to Eldora, and and for whatever reason, he always bought a Saturn, okay, I guess because it was easy to sleep in, I'm not real sure, it's not like he didn't have the money for a hotel, but he would, he and Dave would have this contest during race season, they had little black books, and they would note where they were, how many miles, what race they saw, and who won, and the, By the end of the year, the book was completely full, and they would sit there, the last show we did every year, and compare, well, I did 415 races. And we're like, come on. And then he would sit there and show you that some days they would do two or three races in a day. I'm sure you, Matt Weaver, can relate. Sure.
16: Yeah, you know, we we, we talk about the joke with with Denny Hamlin that, you know, this is kind of, you know, screw up. He's like, well, I've run 10,000 races. And I thought to myself, yeah, okay, but I've I've watched ten thousand races. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. actually probably true over the last decade. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really keep a, a record, you know, like that because I'm, I'm probably too busy going to the next race. Yep. But it would be really interesting if, if one year or at some point, I actually, you know, tabulated everything because. To me, the the cool part is, and again, I, I want to make sure that everyone realizes. I know I'm I'm very privileged to do this, but like the great diversity of racing that I, that I see, that I'm allowed to see, that I've kind of positioned myself. You know, there's a lot of beat writers who they just have, they just cover NASCAR, they just cover IndyCar or, or whatever, right? And like when the year is over, I've, I've seen a little bit of everything, and you know, I was such a huge fan early on when I was a kid of he but then even Dave Spain and the diversity of things that, that he did. And even Robin Miller, you know, Robin Miller um, was always good for being at a dirt race somewhere in Indiana when he wasn't at the big track. And I just thought it was so cool that a race fan from any discipline could go talk to those guys and that, that he could carry a, a legitimate conversation with any of them. And I, I've always thought that I want to do that. I want an IndyCar fan to respect me in the same way that a USAC fan or a NASCAR fan or an Outlaws fan or a sports car fan respected me. And that's always been kind of the goal and why I do the diversity of, of races that I do.
1: You know, I, I, let me flip the coin on you. Uh, over the years, I've known a lot of people that are writers, journalists, and sports writers and journalists, and all of a sudden their boss, the publisher, sits there and says, well, you need to go down to Daytona and cover this phenomenon called Dale Earnhardt Sr., Liz Clark, okay, from the Washington Post. And the next thing you know, a veteran sports journalist, mostly stick-and-ball stuff, goes down there and writes a book about Dale Earnhardt. You know, so it, it, it cracks me up. You... And me and Mike and Al share this passion from childhood about watching cars go fast. Yet some of these veteran journalists can sit there and just take, I guess, an educated stab at motorsports and hit a grand slam. I I, I appreciate those guys as well.
16: Yeah, I do too. I, I do because I, I think it's kind of valuable to have an outside voice or I guess what I'm thinking is sometimes I'm I'm too deep in the the weeds. Sometimes what's, what's the expression? You know, too deep in the forest to see the trees. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I think sometimes it's really super cool to see a, a stick and ball rider or someone that doesn't really have racing bona fides because I don't, I don't dismiss them and I think one thing from from my journeys is that I've been welcomed by dirt fans in recent years as I've kind of expanded into to midgets and sprint cars and late models a little bit. And they easily could have said, well, your perspective as a, as a pavement guy, as a NASCAR guy doesn't matter, but everyone's been really quick to say, well, that's not the way I would have looked at it or thought about it, but you said that. And it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And you know, sometimes when a stick and ball person comes over and, I'm like, well, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but that's valuable data. So, you know, I, I think we live in a, a racing world where you're seeing so much more crossover now with the likes of Larson and Bell and Bowman and um, uh, William Byron starting to do a lot of crossover stuff, too. And,
13: you know, hey, if Sally you apply
16: even. those principles, yeah, if you apply those principles to, to non-motor sports, I want to share the wealth. and I, I love being able to introduce people who don't typically cover racing to racing because I, I want to see how they view my world because my worldview is going to be different than the way that they view my world, if that makes sense.
1: Well, Matt, I'll tell you, we're going to come on, come on a break here at the FM, but uh,
3: one of these days we got to get Matt back on and go through the Charlotte to Winchester van trip. Yeah, we'll have to do something like that the one where
16: I refuse to pay tolls? Yes. 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 He,
3: Matt, Matt is a man after my own heart. I can take you he from here. He refuses to pay tolls, and he went about 300 miles out of his way. Oh, we, we used to Ohio do that. To avoid paying tolls. We
1: we would go the western route to Watkins Glen rather than go up 95 and take the New Jersey Turnpike.
3: Always.
16: Always. And well, we'd what see I some thought was, I thought that I could get out of paying the money, and I ended up paying more going out of the way than just paying the toll but back right. then i was a really you know, poor off my butt freelancer and um you know just just pay the toll that, that's my number one rule to, to, to our lesson to like younger writers that, that that should be it right there just pay the toll
3: it's kind of like we <laughs> that's s- going to be the title of matt's biography it, when well, my, comes. Yeah. just pay the damn toll <laughs> mine as an insurance agent's going to
1: always be hit the deer <laughs> yeah, yeah <there> you go. <laughs> hit the deer that's <laughs> my advice toll. I'll tell you what, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the air, man. We're a big fan. Just uh, always enjoy having you here, and uh, maybe we'll get him to Myrtle Beach one day. Put him on, He's been here. Yeah, yeah, put him in the studio. Matt Weaver, ladies and gentlemen, calling in on the Hot Rod Hotline. This is the fastest show on your radio dial. It's in the pits, powered by Racing Junk.
8: Got a cracked windshield?
6: can't believe this.
8: Showtime Glass has your back. You choose who replaces your windshield. Don't let your insurance company decide what's best for them. Windshield repairs and replacements are mandated by law as an essential service. Family owned, safe and local. Showtime Glass has the best technicians, uses up-to-the-minute COVID-19 safety procedures and separates appointments. Stay safe and get the best quality windshield replacement and fast in just 30 minutes. Plus, every insured windshield replacement comes with three windshield wipers, three tint strips and rock chip Prepare. call now for our free promotions while you wait relax surf the net or entertain the kiddos showtime glass has nine arcade machines pool table darts two xboxes complimentary snacks coffee ice cream drinks and free wi-fi even a quiet and private family lounge complete diaper changing tables even diapers call today at 843-212-6511 that's 843-212-6511 or online at showtimeglass.us that's showtimeglass.us Okay,
17: everyone, settle down. This is a meeting. Richie, could you please stop singing everything I'm trying to say? Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. What? You all know why we're here. Yeah, we're here to talk. To just talk. About offering everyone a brand new, powerful 18-seer AC system, but for the 14-seer price. That's right. We're here to sing. Here we go. No, no, no. We're not here to sing. No, come on. We're just here to make sure we tell everyone. If it's time to replace your old AC system, let One Hour Magic give you the air conditioner deal of a lifetime. An 18-seer AC system for the 14-seer price. Install the right way. That's One Hour Magic. He's right. Now let's hit our website shout-out once more with feeling. O-N-E-H-O-U-R-N-A-G-I-C. Don't call. Hey, we're in the most active season of the year right now, but if you have joint pain, you can't live like you want to. Want to get out to the golf course for that early tee time or spend some time at the beach with the grandkids? Hip pain, knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain. It sucks the fun out of living. But I've got fantastic news. QC Kinetics is helping people get the fun back right here in Myrtle Beach with advanced regenerative treatments from local medical professionals. Regenerative medicine is the hottest thing going. This exciting in-office non-surgical treatment can repair and restore damaged tissue in your joints. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in these cutting-edge, all-natural options, and the patient satisfaction reports are incredible. They have over 100 clinics nationwide, including right here in Myrtle Beach. Get a totally free in-office consultation. Call QC Kinetics at 843-310-2703. That's 843 310 two seven zero three
1: hey welcome back grace fans in the pits racing radio live from the beach Al Al, Al, thinks Myrtle Beach. He's, Al Al thinks he's like uh, Leonard Bernstein over there. Giving no,
4: no, <laughs> no, I'm not directing. I need a little more volume. <laughs> need more.
1: Al needs more volume. You know what? You need a bigger trailer, son. You That's your problem. That's right. You got too much junk for your little trailer. You need a big trailer. And the only way to get one is renowned trailers. And joining us on the Hot Rod Hotline is Lane Morgan. Lane, how's it going? Man, I'm
14: blessed. How are you, Al and Rick? Are you doing good today? We're doing great. Let me
1: tell you, I segued that one pretty good, huh?
14: <laughs> you did. You I, I did. teach and him right. I got right. the perfect trailer for him to put all his junk in. He, he, he.
1: Well, though Al, Al would be upset. He would rather probably pull the trailer with his hot rod than put the hot rod in it. In the trailer, that's <laughs> correct. <Yep>. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys. I'll tell you one thing, Lane. You know, you were down here during bike week about a week and a half ago. I got the chance to go through your booth with Al. I didn't get a chance to meet you. And then we had the other bike week just come through here the, the past weekend, and I swear there were more trailers. Maybe there were more bikes during the second bike week than there was the first. But it's amazing how these guys are now carting their bikes around, trailering them. I guess that
4: beats the heck out of putting it in the back of a pickup truck and strapping it down. And he sold the trailer he had at um, Barefoot uh, at Barefoot Landing, Atlantic. yep. Cool.
14: Yeah, we had a guy from Ohio that came through and looked at it, and um, they were all making bets over there how much I was asking for the trailer, and they were uh, it blew their mind when we told them what we'd sell it to them for. So, uh, obviously, uh, we're doing something right. But, man, that's what I wanted to do when I got in this business. I really was, wanted to just um, – build a superior product, and just blow people's mind with phenomenal pricing and, and do volume, and that's what we do here at Renown Cargo is we sell volume and we try to give people the best product we possibly can at the best price.
4: You know, you talk about volume, and we talked about it over dinner, and we talked about it when I was sitting in the booth. Uh, I was still stout. I just don't believe how many trailers, again, you sell a month, because month, we know in the trailer industry, we know what's happened the past two years around COVID, other manufacturers getting parts, getting people to buy them, giving people a price. The amount of trailers that you get in and the amount of trailers that you sell per month is astronomical. And again, you know, I want to thank you for all your business on Raising Junk. I, I presume we, we do a pretty good job on helping you move your trailers because everybody seems to see your ads all over the place there.
14: Yeah, y'all do a great job, man. I, I love working with Gal. Racing Junk is a great company and y'all definitely helped put us on the map. And um she goes talking about, you know, us doing volume, I, I was just looking for the month of May we hit four hundred and forty seven units and that's that's a record for us. We usually hit somewhere between three and four hundred a month. And we actually just broke the record, and that's what records are meant to be broken. So we so we sold 447 trailers last month. Hold on, hold, hold on. on. No, hold we're on. doing the math on this, on. Lane.
4: We're, I'm looking at both of these guys in front of so, me. And so you're talking 15, 15 trailers a day, basically. Yeah. And that's including
3: yeah. Saturdays and Sundays.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that that's is, all that. types of trailers. We, you know, Who we're ta- cares? We're talking about open trailer. We're talking about concession trailers. We're talking about race car trailers. Uh, no horse trailers correct
14: no horse trailers we do equipment trailers dump trailers little utility trailers and then our bread and butter is obviously enclosed trailers but um we out of those 447 there was probably uh 40 or maybe 50 uh that wasn't enclosed but our bread and butter is just the enclosed bumper pool you know we go we sell anywhere from a Four by six to eight and a half by thirty six bumper pull, and then we go up to a fifty two foot gooseneck, and those are enclosed. But um, most what we're seeing right now, the trend in the market is big trailers. Um, we're not selling many small trailers, right. we, and it kind of, it kind of it's weird how the market will lean one way or the other. But right now, everybody's wanting big car haulers, or you know, eight and a half by twenties and bigger.
3: So basically, four hundred enclosed trailers in a month.
14: Yep. Yeah. Wow. And right now we're pulling about twenty a day from the manufacturers, and 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 they told me when I got in the business they said I'll help you get as big as you want, and uh, now they're kind of biting their words. I think anyway, now we're going to keep going. Are Are
3: you running into any kind of supply issues with because everybody else is having trouble getting product depending on what they're selling?
14: Well, um, man, one thing my dad taught me years ago was business is all about relationships. And um, we've got a really good relationship with rock-solid cargo, and I think they're building the best trailer. I know, not think, I know they're building the best trailer in Georgia. And um, they do things right, man. They really take care of our customers. They provide an amazing warranty. And then we even go further out. They provide a five-year warranty. But what we wanted to do when we got in this business, I saw a need in the market because everybody says they've got a warranty, but you have to bring it back to Georgia to the manufacturer. Well, we sell trailers all over the United States and even across the pond. And um, so a lot of people, you know, say when we were at Barefoot Landing, I met so many people from New York and Pennsylvania and um, you know, and what we do different than nobody else does in the industry is we say, hey, we'll provide a nationwide warranty. We believe in our products so much, we're not going to tell you it's got a warranty and you got to come back to Georgia. Let us help you find somebody locally if you ever have an issue and let me approve the estimate and we get them fixed. And usually it, it doesn't take longer than 48 hours from when they call us with the issue. So um, that's what makes us stand out and set ourselves apart in the trailer industry. You, you, Nobody
1: else does that. I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball here. For about 10 years back up in the D.C. area, I ran a car show called Summer Thunder. We raised money for scholarships and tools for the local VoTech mechanical class, okay? About the third year into it, we were all sitting around at a board meeting saying, we gotta, we got to come up with something that's got a lot more punch in it than what we were giving away. So we went out mm-hmm. and contracted with a company down in Danville, Virginia, and bought a 24-foot enclosed car trailer. Nothing super fancy, et cetera, et cetera. Bought the thing, paid cash for it, brought it up here, and various business owners that were part of that particular board of directors would put it in front of their business. And mm-hmm. it was a buck a chance, okay? Now, we're sitting there thinking if we waited till the seven or 800 people show up with their cars on the day of the show – we're not going to break even, let alone make a profit for the charity. So what happened yeah. is we put it in front of banks and tractor supply dealers and stuff like this. And honest to God, Lane, we raised thirty-five dollars to $40,000 for every trailer that we bought. Now, mm-hmm. we're involved in a bunch of car shows up in here, one called the Run to the Sun. I may have to send you a, a proposal for buying a trailer there and getting you to come up here for the Run to the Sun and trying to see if we couldn't uh, run a raffle and give away a renowned trailer.
14: Absolutely. It's a, we just gave, let me tell you, this blew my mind. Um, I've got a guy that works for me that used to be in the restaurant business, and he sold all his restaurants and came and started selling trailers with us. And he's got a son um, that plays travel ball, baseball. Well, man, this stuff has gotten so expensive, a lot of these kids can't afford it. Um, to be able to, you know, just your, you, you know, people that are making, you know, even the middle class family. I mean, this stuff, this, this travel baseball is expensive. So we just gave them a trailer and they sold raffle tickets and they sold them at $25 a piece. And um, they we gave them one age group one and another age group another one. And they sold... 3,000 of these tickets and raised, you know, nearly $80,000 and it all went towards the kids. Um, And it made it available for a lot of these kids that can't afford to play travel ball. So um, that's something that we were excited and just just being a little small part of these kids' dreams, man, and getting to sew into their lives and getting them to, you know, watching them be able to chase their dreams. Because a lot of them couldn't play. They can afford to play rec ball, but this travel ball is where it's at. That's where all the you know, the competition's at anyway. So, no. um, yeah, man, it, we, we love, man, that's one thing. When I got in this business, it was never about a cargo trailer. It was always about people, man. So we love being a blessing to people. What?
1: So how, how did you all get started with this thing?
14: Oh, Lord, man. <laughs> so how this started, and and believe this, man, we're only five years old, and I, I started this company out of a bedroom of my house. And I've actually got a master's degree in evangelism and church planting. Now, I'm not real religious. I just love Jesus. I ain't going to beat people up with the word. I just love on them and watch the love of God transform their lives. Anyway, I was about to take a job at a church, and this guy that I went to church with saw me struggling. I didn't have a pot to piss in, man. I was real broke, and um, I was going to school full-time, working at the church part-time. And he said, man, I see you struggling over here. Why don't you come sell trailers for me? I said, man, I know nothing about trailers. He said, you don't have to. I'll teach it. And so I had six months left of school, and I started selling trailers for him. Well, about the second week I did it, I made, you know, more money than I would made the last month. You know, I I made about $2,200, and I just went to him. I said, Conrad, you know, I may want to do this on my own one day. I love talking to people. I love working with people. And uh, I said, I don't want to be a snake in the grass about it because one day I might be your competition if I do decide to do this. He said, Lane, I'll help you any way I can. Well, six months later, I was at the crossroads. Do I go work at this church and have a comfortable salary and insurance and everything I thought I'd been working for the last two years, or do I step out in faith and start selling trailers? And that's, uh, I just could not rest well about going to work at the church. So, after a lot of prayer, I just decided, well, why don't I just be the church outside the walls and let this business be a platform for the gospel? And that's what I did, man, and God has just really exploded it. Um, we, last year, we, um, and, and this is just for the glory of God, last year we did over $17 million, and this year we're projected to do about $30 million. Um it's, it's blowing my mind. What, what, I'm
4: speechless. I thought, for me, not to say a word. When, when you told me this lane, my jaw dropped, and I'm like, no way, Jose. Man, that that is some serious volume.
3: <laughs> and, and I'm yeah. looking on your site, you do rent-to-own as well? Yeah, Is that Lee something he... unique to you guys? Because I don't know what I've heard of that before. Wait a minute. Hold on. Well, before
4: we get to the rent-to-own, it gets even better. He's looking for dealers. So if there's trailer dealers out there who do not have stock and they need to, you know, pay the bills – right? hill sell, you can start selling trailers from Lane.
14: Yep. That's something we did. I had a couple of guys that reached out to me that said, look, man, we we just can't get any inventory and something's better than nothing. And we know that you spend a lot of money to keep inventory on the ground. Will you just sell us trailers. So we started doing that. And I was telling Al, I had two of them, man, that reached out to me at Christmas that actually sent me a really, one of them sent me this this huge ribeye in the mail, and another one, um, you know, sent me this amazing Christmas present. And anyway, they just, you know, one of them was crying on the phone and said, Lane, if it wasn't for you, man, we would have had to shut our doors. So, and, and they don't have to put, what they like about buying from me is, one, like I said, I've got over 300 trailers on the ground right now paid for and they don't have to put up a lot of cash flow to get a bunch of inventory coming to them they can choose from all of my stock so they don't have to say hey i'm going to order you know 10 or 12 six by 12 and wait six to eight months on them they can c- call me and we can have them a load that, you know within a couple of days and they can go through our inventory and you know we just try to make a set price off the load i don't try to get rich off these guys man that ain't what we're trying to do we're just we're just like i said moving trailers and um a lot of these people's market's different than mine you know i'm in the backyard of the manufacturer it's literally um the people i buy from most i buy from two manufacturers but rock is literally three minutes from me al's been our place so we're right in their backyard we're right in their face every day and and they know that we're going to move trailers, so they they cater to us, to be honest with you. Like I said, business is all about relationships, and they know we're going to be steady, um, you know, moving 15 to 20 trailers a day, so so they don't mind building them for us because we're going to cut them a check every week, and um, they know it's going to be consistent. So these guys that can't get the inventory, um, we were able to help them, and I think we've got about 12 other dealers that's from us now and um, got a lot of phone calls last week, people that are interested.
4: Great, yeah. Hey, Lane, talking about right around the corner, I think I'm going to make a trip in the next few weeks to come down to see you. Maybe you can give me, uh, get me a tour over at Rock Solid. How's that?
14: Man, absolutely. I'd love to. And um, what separates them, like I said, is their weld shop. They are, a lot of these, Manufacturers around here, how this cargo business started booming in South Georgia was when the mobile home industry crashed in the late nineties. We had all these Fleetwood plants and Clayton Home plants and all these mobile home plants that were right here in our backyard um, that nobody was doing anything with. So a lot of people started saying, "Well, man, we've got most of we can get most of the parts that we need right in our backyard." You know, basically the only wow. thing we ship is um uh axles and metal and everything else we can get right here in douglas you know um or right within 30 miles from us well
1: lane we hate so to I'll- cut you short man we got to come up on a break pay some bills but uh-huh. uh, appreciate you coming on <coughs> appreciate you coming on the air excuse me for coughing and uh let's keep in touch i, I think you got you got more energy than 10 people that i know and uh, RenownedCargoTrailers.com
4: seems to be the place to go. You can buy the stinking trailer right, right online. Instagram, Facebook, yeah. and you can also buy his trailers on reaching Junk. There you go. Lane, thanks a lot for coming on the air, pal. Appreciate it, all
1: well, right? Rick,
14: thanks, man. Y'all have a blessed day, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. You okay, got it. Man. See you in a few weeks. Lane thanks,
1: Lane. Morgan. Morgan. Tell Laura, everybody hi. Renowned tra- Renown tra- Trailers. Hi, in the pits. He was calling in on the Hot Rod Hotline. <laughs> Should be the Hot Trailer Hotline. Exactly.
10: Another cracked windshield? That's two this year. Don't stress. It happens. Just call Showtime Glass. They fixed my glass perfectly. Plus, gave me free wipers, tint, a $30 certificate to the lobster house, and offered me 15 seconds in their cash machine. I grabbed a fistful of cash. A money machine? Yep. Anyone with a registered car windshield repair gets a free chance at $500 in their money machine for posting their experience at Showtime on Facebook Live. I'm there. What's the name? Showtime Glass. They accept all insurance companies, use OEM quality windshields, and have amazing technicians. And it's a blast. They have games and arcades, more family fun than most anywhere these days. It's clean and safe. We checked it out. Drive safe and cash in on the Showtime Glass Money
8: Machine today. Call Showtime Glass at 843-212-6511. That's 843-212-6511. Online at
5: ShowtimeGlass.us. ShowtimeGlass.us. Life upside down. I know. I've been there. Dealing with insurance companies, work issues, medical bills, all while trying to recover from your injuries. Well, guess what? Axelrod lawyers, they'll fight to get you all the compensation you deserve. I know for a fact they won my case. Axelrod Associates are your local lawyers with over 125 years combined legal experience. Visit Axelrod.com today or call them at 843-916-9300. Got Axelrod? Clay Travis here with my good friend Buck.
9: When we want the latest real estate news in Myrtle Beach, we always turn to Blake Sloan of Sloan Realty Group. Blake, what's happening in Myrtle Beach?
5: Hey, Clay and Buck. Home sellers need to know we're in an unprecedented super sellers market right now. We're in an inventory crisis, meaning that we have tens of thousands of more buyers and we have homes for sale currently on the market. That's great news, though, for any home sellers, because we're seeing buyers pay $30,000, dollars $50,000 over asking price, putting so much more money in their pocket. They also need to know, though, They need the right agent with the right experience who has national and international exposure that can bring in a plethora of buyers to help drive that price up to get them maximum money in their pocket. Interest rates are rising, so we're not sure how much longer this is going to last. Anyone thinking about selling needs to reach out today.
9: Read nearly 750 five-star reviews by Googling Sloan Realty Group. Give Blake a call today and start packing that Sloan Realty Group. (laughs)
1: Hey, welcome back, Grace fans, Hot Rodders, Trailer Kings. Trailer Guys. <laughs> we all trailer need tra- Queens. We, we need trailers.
4: And we know where to go to buy your Where's trailer.
1: Roger Miller when you need them? Trailers for sale or rent. You know, rooms to let 50 cents. Rick remembers that from... King uh, of the Road. King of the Road. There you go. Al Liebman in the studio with me. Mike Neff. This is Larry O. Rick Roberts running the board. Don't say anything fresh because he'll dump you in a heartbeat. Speaking of fresh up and coming <laughs> race car drivers okay i hear a lot about this young man know his dad from back in the truck series racing when we were all with ASC back up in leesburg virginia please welcome carson quapple carson how's it going
18: oh it's going pretty good how about you guys
3: uh you know not bad for a tuesday you know what i'm saying uh, have you recovered from the 24 hours of franklin county yet
18: oh man yeah i recovered it was rough it took a long time
3: yeah, it was, it literally it was like a seven-hour race. They had uh, they had some asphalt issues that they had to fix, and they had some weather issues go on. So how long were you actually physically in the car for that deal?
16: Uh,
18: I think we rolled off around midnight and took the checkered around two. So about, about two hours, give or take 10, 20 minutes.
1: Uh, and when did you get to the track?
18: Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think. 8 a.m.? I thought it was about 8 or 9, maybe. Honestly, I I don't remember, but I'd guess somewhere in there.
1: Are you rethinking your career, Carson?
18: (laughs) Uh, No, definitely not. (laughs) All
3: right, man. That's good.
18: After that, I I might have questioned it, but then I (laughs) remembered what I was driving.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, tell us, I want to know about your year so far. I mean, you started off the year pretty strong, and you've got your second Cars Tour victory now. you've you've entrenched yourself as a a cars tour favorite but just the the year in general how's how's things been looking this year
18: it's been going pretty good uh obviously starting off the season with the the, about the biggest one of the biggest races of the year winning that the caraway race that was that was a huge confidence booster just to get us kicked off really um and then to go run second at hickory and then third at greenville and uh, fourth at good year from 20th to 30 to go and then obviously winning the Franklin County race um, it's just we've had a good year so far um, haven't gotten in no trouble yet and uh, hopefully we don't but we've stayed out of trouble and haven't finished fourth, fourth.
3: that'll work so I, selfishly uh, with my history at Millbridge Speedway I always love to, to brag on my Millbridge graduates you've You've come up through the Millbridge ranks. Uh, what was Tuesday and Wednesday like for the the Double Down race over there?
18: Oh, it was a good time, really. Uh, I run that midget for Mark Daly. Um, me and him, we we just go out there to have some fun. Uh, obviously, we'd like to go win some races, but uh, all in the end, it's all about having fun on that in the midget stuff. Um, I think I had the best. Weekend, or I guess wherever you are, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was, in a midget that I've ever I've ever had. I think that was my fifth race or so, and I thought I really did good compared to what I had been doing the times before. And I thought our car was a lot better than what it was before. So I uh, finished eighth on the first night, so I thought that was. I mean, I was happy just to make the race, so that was pretty cool. I learned I learned a lot going into the next day, and the next day we actually we had the track record for uh, probably five or 10 minutes till Arson broke it. But, uh, we only, I only had really one, one lap on qualifying. My, uh, the first three laps, the motor wasn't running. So that was pretty cool. I knew we had a good car then. And, uh, just in the heat race, I was trying to get it all. And the car owner told me before that he's ready to write it off. So,
3: so you took care
18: of it. I I surely took care of that for him. So it was a fun time though. Uh, I thought we were we were really fast, and I was excited.
3: Now you've been around Millbridge, like I said, from the the start of your career. Can you believe what little Gavin Bochel has become?
18: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not honestly, I'm not overly surprised. Um, He he was always pretty good. He he was racing there, and before I was racing there, running the box stocks and stuff. But he's always been front runner and especially in the micro stuff he's really done a really good job um, so that's cool to see someone like him come through the ranks like me.
3: Without a doubt now you guys were both at the Chili Bowl this year What? and like you said you've only run a midget five or six times so what was that first time ever at the Chili Bowl like being in a midget in that stage?
18: Uh, so I ran the Chili Bowl uh, two years ago I guess you'd say not this last, not this year but the last year before that was my second ever midget race and i think i made it to the d main in my first chili bowl second start total so that was pretty cool but this last year uh i think i was i made it up to the c main and it was 400 cars so looking at we're going out there before i went out for my c main i kind of had a feeling i wasn't that was going to be my last race for the chili bowl um especially when i looked beside me and ryan newman's beside me and you got I mean, all front-runner, midget, sprint car guys, all ahead of you. It's pretty cool. Um, definitely the one-of-a-kind race, though. It's I enjoy going to it.
3: What kind of prospects do you have in the future stock car-wise? You're doing the Cars Tour thing now, or is, is there uh, – you never know what's going to happen, but are you, are you at least trying to make a plan to get up and maybe do the ARCA thing and, and ultimately try and get into a truck?
18: Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd love to um, just – Right now, I'm I'm solely focused in on this late model deal with JRM. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me. It's really about It's the best opportunity that someone like me could have got. So uh, I'm really lucky to be where I am and really thankful for it. But uh, I have no plans for next year. Hopefully the junior guys will have me back in the late model uh, for another season. And I guess when it comes time, it comes time.
3: Do you get to pick Josh Berry's brain very much?
18: Uh, yeah, me and him are pretty good buddies. Uh, we do a lot of the, a lot of Chevy stuff together, and obviously he comes to the late model shop, and he still takes care of me over there. And uh, whenever he can, he whenever he is a fly, whenever he flies home, and he can make it to the track, uh, he comes on out and gives me some pointers, helps out Brian the crew chief a little bit, trying to decipher what I'm what I'm feeling and how it correlates to changes on the car. So he's a uh, He's, he's committed to the late model deal. Uh, he might be running the Xfinity stuff now, but uh, I think I think he still cares a bunch about the late model stuff, so that's really cool.
1: So what's your dad doing these days?
18: Oh, he's working on our uh, straight rail late models, that and our micros and stuff. Uh, always working.
3: And his mom is buying 50-50 raffle tickets. Really? She likes oh to gamble. Oh, boy. <laughs> she likes oh to boy. gamble.
1: It must be a great...
3: <laughs> Do you get back
1: to Wisconsin at all these days, Carson?
18: Yeah, we run a few uh, Arkham West Tour straight rail car races up there. Um, we just ran the Joe Shear Classic. We didn't, we, I didn't think we, were, we did too good. Uh, I never thought we could get our car that right. I think we ended up eight there maybe. I can't remember off the top of the head. But um, we'll be running up there for the Slinger Nationals and uh, the Dixieland 250. So we get to go race up there and see the family.
3: Have you done Oktoberfest?
18: Yep, I have done that twice. That
3: looks like an experience. That's that's it one is, of those bucket smart. list races that I want to go to because that is there's a party going on and they just happen to have a race while it's going
18: on. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it.
3: I mean, there's a lot of yeah. lot of great racing
1: in Wisconsin. I'll tell oh, you that absolutely.
18: much. All oh, there is. Be-
1: well, between that oh, and cheese, yeah. I don't know how much more is going on in Wisconsin. No offense, <laughs> there's Carson. <laughs> some <laughs> be- there's <laughs> some decent Parliament?
3: beer. There's some decent beer in Wisconsin. That's as true. Well.
1: That's true. Well, Carson, how do our listeners become fans and friends and follow you on all the social media stuff that you're doing?
18: Yeah, they can uh, get a hold of me at uh, on Instagram. I'm at Carson Quapple, C A R S O N K V A P I L, and then uh, Facebook's Carson Quapple Racing. Twitter is Carson underscore Quapple, I believe. Okay, um, and I I try to stay pretty active on that stuff and keep people updated, so they. Uh, want to get a hold of me or check me out and then go on there.
1: Well, good deal. We will uh, go ahead and send you a clip of this particular show. And of course your segment and uh, wish you good luck. And I worked with your dad in the truck series back in the day when I was working for ASC doing PR for them. So uh, tell him uh, we said hello here in the pits. Okay. Yeah, we'll do. All right, man. Appreciate it, brother. Carson Quapple sitting there joining us on the hot rod
3: hotline. Jr motorsports man man's got if, the if, hammer if, doesn't he? if you're in a late model that's a really good one to be in perimeter late model yeah seriously
1: you know i'll tell you what i was just making sure carson's trying to hang up and we're got him hanging in the background here Bonk. but uh, anyway um i think he hung up well cool so there went the christmas of racing weekend and for some of us uh sand elves better known as matt weaver <laughs> i swear and following his career, he has got to be the pogo stick of the motorsports media.
3: I mean, I, I, the thing that I'm happy about with Matt, and I beat on him for the longest time about it, was he he was the asphalt guy. He would not touch yeah, dirt. Exactly. And I beat on him and beat on him, and I finally got him to start doing some dirt racing stuff. So now now I cut him some slack. I, I, I think, uh, you know, if I look back at some of the
1: uh, – media members that we've had as friends and guests on this particular show um, you know like i said some of them are basically thoroughbred journalists highly skilled and trained to be journalists and all of a sudden get an assignment to do a nascar race and they become fairly good at it but some of them have become completely entrenched in it and i don't really understand what the difference is with matt weaver and some of his peers and compadres there because he seems to be in my opinion heads and tails above the others he's just one step ahead it's his style i mean he
3: may be he may be way ahead he may be half a lap ahead and and and, uh, i think i think the part that initially set him apart i mean aside from the fact that he is a good writer yes and that obviously makes a big difference but he fully embraced social media especially twitter And he got out there on Twitter and beat the bushes and put together videos and showed interviews and what have you from you know from racetracks everywhere and drew that connection to guys at the local track level as they made their way to the national level. And that's one of the things that I prided myself on for so long was covering summer shootout. And covering all the local short track stuff, and getting to know these guys as they came up through the very you know bottom ranks, so that when they got to the cup level or they got to the national level, they remembered us because we were there on Tuesday exactly. night at Charlotte
1: exactly. when they were in a Bandolero. Exactly. I mean, it was it was the fact that you know you could walk into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway's press room, and you were pretty well known. But then you could walk into Lincoln Speedway's little press room of six people, and you were pretty well known. And it, it just it just became kind of just inbred in us back in the day, and, and of course today, that uh, we, we didn't really – we were non-denominational is, is the word yeah. I love to use. That's a good. Uh, we were I, – I made it a point to take those guys drag racing. They made it a point to take me IndyCar racing they made it a point to take me in the world of outlaws and we and we got to know a lot of people sure and it just it just goes from there and and i think the one thing that in the pits has done well over the last 20 some years is brought racing a little closer to people by the fact that we bring personalities on the air. So you get to know these guys, you know All what I'm All types of personalities. All types of personalities, whether they're manufacturers, product manufacturers, hot rod builders. You know, Artie being out at Santa Maria this weekend for a legendary car show. Yeah, dude,
3: <laughs> the, the parking lot at his hotel was worth the price. I, you know, I don't
1: know, awesome. I don't know who's got the better job, Al or Artie. Okay? See, now I would
3: have argued it back when I was the good guy's announcer that I had a better job.
1: I, I don't know. That was a I, gig. I, I'll be honest with you. you see, well, the one thing that we have not experienced is we have not gone Nostalgia Funny Car Racing. True. Okay? That's a hoot. I've been to it. I mean, these are, guys, it the these are guys that have been out there racing almost all their lives, which is probably 50 years. They weren't right to begin with. Yeah. And they're still doing I, it
3: 50 years later. I hate it. We had it set up at um, Bowling Green. And I, I had to fight with the Good Guys Gazette guys, and it. I think it was going to be the greatest cover ever of the Good Guys Gazette because you can only see so many hot rods in an old barn. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's done yeah. and done and done. I had a guy with a gasser that was going to go through the autocross course. And the key was, the way they had it set at Bowling Green, was you came out of the final... Turn turn four on the oval was where they had it set up to go through the start-finish line. As he came out of four, he was going to pull the chutes and then floor it. So he was going to have the tires smoking with the chute open behind him as he came across the finish line of the autocross course. It would have been the greatest cover in the history of the Good Guys Gazette. And unfortunately, he blew up that day before we got to take the picture.
4: Well, there was probably fortune in that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my... Nitro Row, yeah. my Nitro at the Beach, yep. my Thunder Alley, to any car show, and outdo what's being done at Good Guys Now with two and three cars, and NSRA with two cars. So well, just wait I, I th- to Myrtle Beach. I agree. Run it, to the Sun 2023. Yep. Went six to eight. Nostalgia. Front motor, top fuel cars. Nostalgia cars come make some noise most of the time we come to hot rod shows to see our buddies
1: and exchange stories and look at each other's hot rod we're going to change that to slightly so that you're going to meet some personalities and see some things that you'd have to be at indianapolis at irp or some of these other tracks to go see um there's a really 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 good chance i'm 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 not going to stick my neck out we were talking about north myrtle beach drag strip it will work. It's just a matter of getting all of the elements for the business needs when it's starting back up again on the same page. And that's the only reason we missed that last one. The run to the sun in 2023, killer. Just just you, you're not going to want to miss it, okay? And not just because of the hot rods. It's because of the entertainment. So I'll tell you what, you know, we, we've got a really interesting year ahead of us here in 2022. 2023 is even looking bright. We've
3: got a lot of things to do. So, yep. Michael? Don't forget, October 10th, that's all I'm going to say right now. Pencil it onto your calendar. You need to be in a Charlotte area October 10th. That's all I'm saying. All right. For Rick Roberts running the board, Big Al Liebman. Uh, I want to
1: thank our sponsors, Streetside Classics, Gearhead Coffee, Res <coughs> Rez- Hydration Drink. I can never get that right. Showtime glass. Restoration. Cinarama, and get Mug. This is Larry O saying buckle up because we want you back next week. See you on the finish line.
2: Keep your green flag flying. Put your shoes
1: on. Power
0: on.
2: In the Pits Racing Radio is a registered and copyrighted trademark. In the Pits Racing Radio is an In the Pits media production. All rights reserved. Our crew chief is the one and only Glenn Dye. Cyber producer is Michael Schladen. Social media coordinator, Shirlene Reif. Web development by covering you. Media consultant, Zeus Digital. In coordination with Fifth Gear Productions. See you next week in the pits.